Okay, uh, hi! Welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast, where we look through the MTV Movie Awards category by category, year by year, and try to determine who really should have won them. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Craig, foremost kissing expert. And this week, we are here to talk to you about Best Kiss 1993. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing really well. Um, yeah, there was a wild assortment of movies uh, in this year. And also, I'm pretty sure the most movies out of any year. Um, they had a yeah. whopping six this time. Yeah, I think there's one other year where they do six. And then the rest of them are mostly five. Well, there's also a year where they only do four movies. Yeah, it so. was quite a unique batch of movies, too. There really wasn't any... Uh... There really, there was quite a lot of variety this this time around. Yeah, and I'll say it's interesting that they use six with some of the movies in there because this this is a year, you know, looking at movies that were like nineteen ninety two and the first part of nineteen ninety three, where there's a couple there's a couple films that I'm kind of did not get best kiss nominations, like The Bodyguard came out in ninety two, and that feels like a movie that would be good for kissing. Um, yeah. Basic Instinct also, like, a you know, seem, would it seem like a, it could have been a choice in, like, a sort of thrillery type category, but instead, you know, we wound up with these six films, and mostly different, pretty interesting films in their own right, I would say, like... Yeah, definitely, very much so. For, for background, the 1993 MTV Movie Awards aired on Tuesday, July 13th, um, a month later than the previous year's. Also, we didn't talk about this last time, but it's weird that these initially start airing in, like, the middle of the week. Like, Wait, you mean, like, on, like, a Wednesday or something? Yeah, on, like, a Wednesday or a Tuesday. Like, eventually, <laughs> I think they start airing Sundays, like, normal award show. In the beginning, it's like, oh, what else are they doing in the middle of the week? And watch the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is that other stuff going on. Eddie Murphy was the host. Yeah, in his 90s oh. prime. And, oh, nice. And once again, none of these films got nominated. Best movie that year went to A Few Good Men. Over, over Malcolm X, and which is, I would argue, is a better movie, but, you know, still like a very MTV pick. Yeah, exactly. But, can get back to that. You want to get into the Best Kiss nominees and winner? For... Yes. Yeah. Uh, if we want to get into that, um, do we want to? What do we want to start with? Which one do we want to start with on this list? I mean, well, first I think we can list them, and then. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I usually just go by off order of what they're listed on like Wikipedia, which is oh, also course. how I tend to watch the movies in. But, anyways, so the nominees were yeah. Pauline Brailsford and Tom Hanks, A League of Their Own. Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton, Batman Returns. Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mel Gibson and Rene Russo, Lethal Weapon 3. Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, White Man Can't Jump. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you got the names mixed up there. Uh, it's Woody, Woody oh. Harrelson and Rosie Perez uh -oh. for oh, White you know Man Can't Jump. <laughs> As, as yeah. much as we as much as we would wish that would happen, as much right. as the we're a few years we're a few years off from that. 
I'll tell you what happened is the best kiss thing gives the proper thing of Woody Harrelson and Rosie Perez. But then when you go to like the actual awards thing, someone like I think mixed up best on screen duo or something and put Wesley. Oh Perez. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So Woody Harrelson and yeah, Rosie Perez, White Men Can't Jump. And the winner, and one we're gonna start off with, is Christian Slater and Marissa Tomei for Untamed Hearts. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna want to start with Untamed Heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like how, I, what, like how yeah. No, it's it's very good. I think that's the one I watched most recently, so it's it's the most fresh in my head. Yeah. yeah. What did you what did you think of the movie? Um Oh, it's definitely a very interesting movie. It's yeah, it's, it's Christian Slater playing a character that's quieter than your typical Christian Slater character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's a very it's a very I don't want to say unique movie. It's like kind of sweet. Um, it has a very shocking uh, first act. I was not expecting that at all. A very, uh, a very unsettling, like first little bit, and then it kind of turns into just sort of a a sweet movie, and then ends a bit bittersweet, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I would follow with that though. There's a point towards the end where Christian Slater goes from being kind of a stalker to like a full-on stalker, which is a little odd, but yeah, definitely has its moments of of sweetness. So. I guess if we're gonna explain, the film is yeah about Mar- yeah Marissa Tomei. She works at a diner. She has a if they're in Minnesota, I think she has a really pronounced Midwestern accent. And Christian Slater is a dishwasher there, and we learn from the beginning that he had kind of a weak heart, and a nun tells him it's a baboon heart. How'd you feel about the baboon heart, Ben? Hi. So um. So I actually, as I was watching it, I was making little jot notes. Um, and I think one of the first ones I had was just, um, I think in all caps, I was like, is bamboo, is the baboon story real? Question mark. What evidence is there for and against? Um, so I, I really, I think it kind of the jury's out on whether he actually did have a baboon's heart. Um, I feel like it's one of those things that's sort of left up to interpretation in this movie, you know? Um, I think it's probably why Roger Ebert said, um, kind of sweet, kind of goofy, but it works because it's baboon heart is in the right place. Um, I am paraphrasing quite a bit there, but, um, I, I uh, oh, also, I think the other, um, the other note I made was this movie is, um, anti-longish scraggly hair, which I didn't like. I didn't approve of that. I think he looked fine with his long scraggly hair. But um, but uh, Rosie Perez's character, who was also in White Man Can't Jump, uh, had other things to say about that. I think other notes I had for this movie was there when they went on the double date. One of the guys sounded kind of like Ben Shapiro. Um, I think I have an all caps with exclamation points. Uh, Fix your heart, you fool! When they just leave the hospital, that was like super. I was like, what's going on? Um, I, guess, I guess for a little context, um, in this movie, he um, does or does not have a baboon's heart, which, um, regardless of that, it's giving him troubles. Um, there's a point in the movie where he's rushed to the hospital after being stabbed, and the doctor um, 
informs our main character that uh, he needs a heart transplant or he's not like he's not going to live um, and then he just leaves and they don't go back to the hospital <laughs> yeah and then he dies at the end okay because they have a thing where he's worried if he gets a heart transplant then he's going to be different and it's going to love the level be gone and i i really love how immediately after he says that um i think um uh Mar- marissa tomi is that how you say it uh, tomi uh, her character says ex- like exactly the words i was like i said out loud on that movie i was like that's not how hearts work <laughs> Yeah, but then like they never really just go, and they just go to like having the the best thing. But uh, yeah, they have yeah. like they have like an entire like um like an entire montage, and I kind of just assumed I was like, okay, maybe he like got the transplant or is like on a waiting list and like acting responsibly, or which... it ends with him getting ready to get a transplant. But no, yeah. <laughs> no, it ends with them going to like a hockey game, um, and then him like falling asleep and dying on the way home. I was so sad. I think, wait, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, go for it. Oh, the last thing, the last thing I wrote on, like, my Untamed Heart like, notes on my notepad was, fuck this movie, this sucks, because I was so sad. I was so upset at the ending. (laughs) (laughs) See, I have, like, similar sentiments for that, and also we... We kind of jumped over, like, the summary, like, as you mentioned or alluded to, the first act is kind of a disturbing thing where they work at this restaurant, and one night she's walking home late at night, and these two customers, like, follow her, then harass her, then try to rape her, and Christian Slater shows up and rescues her and carries her to, like, her home. And then she's like, wait, how did you know where I live? And he's like, I follow you home at nights when you, like, walk home alone to make sure you get home safe. Yeah, this this movie, I'm not sure um, if it's aware of it, but, like, it, it, this movie seems, like, ripe for, like, those kind of video essays where it's, like, is, like, the love interest, like, actually, like, a really bad character? Like, is their relationship, like, actually really problematic? Um, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I, I feel like, um, I feel like her relationship with him is just sort of, like, a love whiplash. Like, we see in, like, the very first scene when she breaks up with, like, her boyfriend, that she's, like, very, like, it's very emotionally attached even to people that, like, aren't super emotionally attached to her. And it's, oh, it's super, it's a super weird movie, and I, I don't know, I think, um, I'm trying to, I, I don't, I don't think it's intentional at all, like, how we, how, um, how, like, weirdly, I don't want to say even toxic, but just kind of how weird their relationship actually is. Yeah, because then, I'll say, at the beginning, when he's like, oh yeah, I like follow from a distance just to make sure you get home safe. There's a part where I'm like, okay, it's kind of weird. I can kind of get that. But then there's a later point. There's a later point where he's like, I have a confession. Like, I knew where you live. Like, I follow you home. And then I would just go into your house and watch you sleep. Yeah. Oh like, my oh, gosh. Oh, he is a stalker. Okay. Yeah, just... absolutely. Oh, it's so, it's she's like, a weird thing. She's like, oh, that's so romantic. Like, I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, I think, yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, a very, a, I, I feel like a very 1992 thing, though, like before, before, like, uh, before we were made more, uh, before there was more social consciousness around actually how creepy that is. But, you know, I think, 
Yeah, that's um, that's more or less all I had to say about Untamed Heart. I think that's all my notes I had there. But what about the kissing? Oh my gosh, I completely forgot the reason why we do this podcast. <laughs> I uh, I think the kiss is pretty. It's pretty sweet. It's um, it's oh, yeah. the problem is, is that yeah, it's just like the context around them is like always so like odd and. There's a few different kisses. Luckily for this one, I was able to find, yeah, essentially a compilation of all the movie kisses from. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll find find their name later because it's actually very helpful. But some YouTubers recently just started going around uploading kiss scenes from different movies. And a lot of them, like, they will label if they're best kiss winners. And it's very helpful for me when putting together a playlist of kisses. That's super helpful. Please uh, share that with me once uh, once we finish up for the day. But yeah, no, no. yeah, the kiss. I think the kiss is pretty good. Um, I think it's it's weird because like it's not a great like amazing kiss. Um, but like I'm trying to think which one out of I think there's maybe only one out of the list that would probably outdo it. Maybe two, but um, but yeah. Oh, interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I think this was more I yeah, I feel like this was um maybe this was a very similar to a to the my girl situation where maybe the the death of one of the characters was sort of like the the underpinning that sort of made that kiss a little more impactful. It's this is second second year in a row where the where the love interest die. Yeah, it's funny. I'll say another thing that could have been a factor is uh Christian Slater kind of a cutie he won most desirable male for his role in this film which oh wow yeah okay again you know it's the early 90s maybe people are like oh yeah it's cute that he kind of stalked her a bit <laughs> it's definitely definitely the the atmosphere around that kind of stuff was definitely way different than it is now but yeah marissa tomei meanwhile won breakthrough performance for her role in a completely different movie my cousin Vinny. Oh. Which she also controversially won like the best supporting actress Oscar for. Oh. Super interesting. Yeah. Do what do you want to move on to the next movie or do you have any more things to say about Untamed Heart? Yeah, no, we can move on. We'll be talking a bit more about Christian Slater in the next episode for his role in True Romance, which also got a nomination. Oh yeah. But, but yeah, we can move on to a very different ki- kiss, I think, with <laughs> A League of Their Own, Tom Hanks yeah. and Pauline Brailsford. Oh, I, I'm going to be totally honest. This was, um, I think this was the second one I watched, and it, I have a lot of this movie I just don't super remember. I remember the first little bits, but um, I think I had to look up a clip of The Kiss to remind myself, and it's, it's super weird. Uh, maybe you could kind of help me understand the, under, like, you know, just forgetting the context around it, but it's just super awkward and weird. Um, yeah, so the kiss in A League of Their Own, I, I guess, to give context, the kiss that got nominated for A League of Their Own has very little to do with A League of Their Own itself. Oh yeah, A League of Their Own is like this totally different, weird, or like, yeah. not weird, but just um, just like a totally different, like, it's a sports movie. It's just like a, yeah. um, it's like a sports team comedy. Team together. Yeah, exactly. It's about it's about women's baseball and how it kind of starts up during World War II and all these women whose husbands were away, how they kind of just start. And it's mostly about the journey of two sisters who play 
one who's kind of wants to play baseball, but has always been sort of in her sister's shadow. And the other one who like is just kind of doing this to make her sister happy. And also she's worried about her husband. And Tom Hanks is like the washed up pro ball player who has to coach them. And initially he's like, I don't want to be here. And then he comes around, but the team, because they're women at the time, they travel with this older woman who's like a, a chaperone played by a British character actress, Pauline Brailsford. And the scene that gets nominated for best kiss in another thing that I think shows a uh, differing understandings of consent at the time is there's a point where Tom Hanks is asleep and Pauline Railsford, who's the cha- chaperone is walking by to like wake him up and he wakes up and apparently just based on some kind of dream is like, Oh, come here you. And he plants just a big kiss on her. Then he like, she's like, ah, and then he, you know, he realizes who he's kissing. And he's like, ah, and yeah, you know, I guess give it the nomination. Yeah, so, Ben, how do you feel about the League of Their Own surprise bus comedy chaperone kiss? Um, well, yeah, it's really, there's not much to say about it. It's just really strange. Isn't there, there's another kiss in that movie, though, is there not? There's, um, there's the one where they're on the diamond, right? Or am I forgetting Uh, that? Between, like, Tom Hanks and the chaperone, or just... If I remember right, there was another kiss when they're sort of on the diamond. It's a Dottie. Is is that not the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like her and her husband or whoever. No, no, no. It's just they're... Um... I am completely confused. I thought this was... I thought this was the kiss in question. Maybe I should have looked at the, at the, at the actors. No, there's like other kisses in the film, but like for the ones who got nominated, yeah, it's definitely between the older chaperone woman on the bus and Tom Hanks. Oh, I, I completely, I completely misunderstood. I thought it was, um, I completely misunderstood that. I thought it was um, the kiss between uh, Dottie and Jimmy. You mean you thought it was a nomination that made sense? <laughs> no, it was not Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. Yeah. <laughs> God. Um. So I was watching this movie and I was like, because I remember you saying, like, the kiss is like weird. And I was like, that one is like kind of awkward. There's nothing super bad about it. But no, this one, this is such a weird, no- <laughs> weirder nomination than that. Yeah. No, no, it's, yeah, it's just Tom Hanks sleeping on the bus and then someone comes to wake wake him <laughs> and then Tom Hanks just kisses her. Yeah, so um I think that about sums up just the thing of the kiss in this movie. We don't have much to say. Tom Hanks will see again for Castaway in a few several years. Oh yeah. Yeah, Tom Hanks really not uh really not um this kiss probably really set him back in terms of uh, in terms of his standings here. Yeah, <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but moving on to a film with less ambiguous on who got nominated: Batman Returns, Michael Keaton yeah. and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, um, I really like Batman Returns. I have not. Um, if I have seen it, I was too young to remember. But um, no, it's just like a very very. Very kind of silly, goofy 
over the top, but also like kind of like really exciting, just like a superhero movie. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I love Batman Returns. It's one of my favorite movies. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Pro- that Danny yeah. DeVito. Yeah, it's it's just very dark and weird, and Tim Burton really going in the emotions of like the character, and it's it's one of those Batman films that goes into the thing of oh yeah, this. This guy really doesn't have anything going on besides, like, Batman. Like, his introduction is just him quietly sitting in his house waiting for the bat signal to turn on. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, it's super, super interesting. I really, I really get it. Um, yeah, and then the, yeah, the kiss is just, like, um, I'm trying to remember. Because it was, I feel like it, there wasn't multiple ones in this one. This was also... Um, There's a couple I've... Look for the thing, yeah. So for for first for people who haven't seen, yeah, Batman Returns, the first superhero movie to get a Best Kiss nomination. It will not be the last. Um, the only Batman movie to get a Best Kiss nomination, which is kind of odd when you consider that iconic '90s kissing song "Kiss from a Rose" was written for Batman Forever, and yeah, it's Batman going up against. Danny DeVito's The Penguin. Danny DeVito giving just an insane performance. Oh where... yeah, like I, I, I like forget it's him half the time. He's such a such a wild, wild character. Yeah, just very inhuman performance of just being like this maniac, like who never makes the choices you expect him to make. Like as a ca- character, um, Christopher Walken is this kind of corrupt executive. Max Shrek, <laughs> just then Michelle Pfeiffer as Shrek's secretary who gets killed and turned into cat wo- Catwoman, and oh yeah, the oh, the cat scene. It's not the weirdest um, person turning into Catwoman scene um, that's ever been in movies, um, but it is still quite strange. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a very strange movie. <laughs> I don't know if have you seen um have you seen the the Catwoman movie. I have not seen the Catwoman movie. <laughs> so, How does she turn into Catwoman and Catwoman? So, like, a cat comes and just, like, burps weird green gas onto her. What? Yeah, that's... and then she becomes Catwoman. That's... <laughs> you uh, love to see it, just... Yeah, yeah. it's a very... I think um, Catwoman, the Catwoman movie is very... I want to say it's very similar like the the daredevil movie in terms of like i would say quality and sort of just like goofiness yeah yeah i would say those are pretty pretty parallel films but uh, back to batman Returns. though yeah, yeah. Catwoman never got a best kiss nomination um <laughs> yeah but the thing goes to the thing that michelle pfeiffer gets elect electrocuted and thrown out a window and her cats cover her and revive her as Catwoman who she goes from being a mousy secretary to just uh very like very confident, very like sexy Catwoman and just showing up trying to essentially kill Christopher Walken and has a couple run-ins with Batman, but then the kissing question is I mean, there's a chance the best kiss nomination was just when they're in costume and she's licking his face. Um, yeah, I was wondering if that was the if that was the one. Um, yeah, but it could also be there's a kiss between their characters where they go on a date and they wind up on the couch and then they just kind of start 
making out and they're it's a real oh but we shouldn't but and then they just kind of do it and it's a good kiss so their arms kind of block it a bit yeah yeah so it's hard to see and to say which one which one yeah. it would be and then there's that thing in the costume and then later on they're at like a ball and at this point i think they both heavily suspect the other one's identities but they're just kind of dancing around it and then there's a callback to like what happened in the costume thing where when they're in costumes, she has them pinned and she's talking about it. She's like, you're like catnip to me. And then Batman sees mistletoe. He's like, hmm, mistletoe can be yeah deadly if you eat it. And then like, she's like, can be more deadly if you mean it. And she licks his face. And then later on at the ball, there's a thing where like they kiss again and she looks up. She's like, ah, oh, mistletoe. Deadly if you eat it. And then he just goes, but a kiss can be more deadly if you mean it. And then they just lock eyes. They're like, oh no, do we have to start fighting? But so they just go off to the third act, which involves the penguin having kidnapped all the babies and he's going to go drown them in the sewers. Oh, yeah, for... I forgot about that. Oh, what an insane villain. Yeah, who has a very tragic backstory of his parents abandoning him because he's, like, deformed, and... Yeah, yeah. The plot is about him, like, trying to be the mayor, but then he's thwarted when he's caught on tape saying, like, things that are unconscionable. <laughs> Un uncouth, yeah. yeah. In a moment that turned out to be kind of optimistic about where we were as a society. Just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh... Yeah, I guess back then, you know, politicians can get away saying anything that they want to say. Yeah, if they remade Batman Returns today, uh, the Penguin would probably win just the election. Yeah, exactly. People would be saying, like, ah, just uh, the Penguin, you know, like he speaks his mind, you know? But yeah, you know, Batman and Catwoman, just iconic characters with an iconic mm. kind of romance. Um, yeah. Oh, an interesting thing I learned is Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer dated back kind of in the 80s oh neat yeah and then she was actually originally going to be his love interest in the original film batman and he vetoed it because well they had they had broken up at this point but also he he was hoping to get back together with his ex-wife at the time and just having kind of his ex-girlfriend around he felt would complicate it so she mm -hmm. wasn't yeah so she wasn't given the part and then Batman Returns, actually, she wasn't originally cast as Catwoman. Annette Bennings, who you might remember from Bugsy, was cast as Catwoman. But Annette Bening got pregnant from Warren Beatty, who, as we talked about last episode, she met and fell in love with on the side of Bugsy. So Michelle Pfeiffer replaced her. At this point, you know, Michael Keaton was then trying to get back with his ex-wife. So, like, there was no issues with that. It's just this weird kind of connection between these two different Best Kiss nominations. If Annette Bening had never made B Bugsy, would she be the one getting nominated for Batman Returns? Was this, like, inevitable? <laughs> yeah, was there, was there any escape for her to not get uh, nominated for Best Kiss? Yeah. And, yeah, you got anything more to say about Batman Returns? It's... Yeah, no, I don't really have much else to say. It's just a good all-around movie, I would say. Yeah, good movie, solid kiss. And next up, we get to Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, sorry, just with Winona Ryder and Gary Oldman. This will be the first of three nominations Winona Ryder got. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's so many, so many 
so many returning players and uh and the best kiss winners nominees yeah so- uh, what did, yeah what did you think about the movie uh, you watched it again pretty recently um before we did this kind of refresh yourself yeah also because like I, I i love this movie i had never seen it uh francis ford coppola the director of this not sure if you're aware he also directed the godfather and apocalypse oh, wow. now oh so those you know the iconic these iconic films that I think his career is defined by, and people might not realize as much is that he also directed just one of the most insane Dracula movies. Oh it's my just... gosh, yeah, it's so is so much is happening. It reminds me a lot of um a lot of a a future nominee. I'm pretty sure um, Moulin Rouge, where just things are just happening so fast and just yeah. so fast paced. Yeah, it was I was super um I was super like happy about it. Um. Yeah, I also thought of Moulin Rouge in comparison point, just of like big emotions and everything speeding yeah, along, and, and everything happens so fast that there's no there's no room to breathe in a in a good way. Yeah, and it's this grand romantic tra- tragedy that makes you root for like Dracula by the end of it, even though he's <laughs> exactly. Dracula. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Yeah. No, I really really like this movie. Um, trying to remember. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because I took notes for this one. I think the <laughs> I think the only note I took was that um, was that a character says cringe, and that's the only. I think that's the only note I took while watching this. I was too enthralled, um, but that caught my ear. Yeah. So the plot is just kind of. I mean, it's basically a Dracula where Keanu Reeves is sort of just a solicitor who's taking over the yeah him oh yeah he's a he's like a lawyer and dracula becomes his client because his colleague renfield classic dracula guy it's kind of just a reinterpretation of this has gone insane oh yeah yeah yeah. oh i guess really the beginning of the story and sort of the thing about it is it begins with just vlad dracula like the impaler and it's this big grand flashback of him fighting like fighting against the Turks and then learning that his beloved wife has kind of taken her own life. Cause while he was away, his enemy sent her a note saying he's dead and she jumped off a building and um, yeah. 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 And it's this thing where like he's told his wife's soul is da- damned to hell because of the suicide and Dracula, you know, enraged kind of renounces God and declares he's going to rise from the grave to like avenge her and then drinks blood. And this kind of turns them in to the Dracula we all know today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I thought it was really, really cool. I really liked, um, yeah, that first scene was like really, it's really exciting and just like super, super intense. His armor yeah. looked really cool. I remember I took notes about that too. And I'll say it's an interesting like take on Dracula because it's one that focuses on powers that I think people often forget about, like how he can also turn into a wolf, not just a bat. <laughs> yeah, that was really really cool. Oh man, yeah, no, um, yeah. If I remember the movie correctly, sort of the whole um, plot is that his um, his wife has sort of been, I guess, sort of reincarnated as as um, the uh, the partner of the keanu reeves character yeah it's and, like when she just bears like a striking resemblance and 
Dracula sees a picture of her, <laughs> like, basically leaves Keanu Reeves to be, like, fed on by these brides of Dracula and goes off to seduce her. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and using, using his, um, white wolf powers. Yeah, um, and his ability to look like 90s Gary Oldman and not <laughs> heavily made up insane looking Dracula. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's oh that has to be my favorite Dracula design with like the red cloak and like the big the big like white you know, like, hair. Like, the hair like um like mom from Futurama. Oh yeah, just very mom vibes and um, unfortunately, he does not kiss her while looking like that, or maybe that's a fortunately, because it helps you forget that technically there's a big age difference between the characters, but... Yeah, but yeah, no, um, yeah, and then I think there's a, there's a point in the movie where, um, he sort of, uh, he sort of converts one of, um, one of Michelle Pfeiffer's character's friends into a vampire. Uh, Winona Ryder. Winona oh, Ryder. Wait. Oh, whoops. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the the list upside down. But yeah, no. Um. Yeah, and then she sort of uses, or he sort of, um, it sort of all culminates in sort of this final scene, where, um. Or I guess I guess do we know which one got nominated? Whether it was the yeah, it's the sort of it's the passion embrace one or like the one at the I I, I would I want to go for the passion and embrace. That's what I got the clip of. It's like oh, the best. That's it's so the weird. best scene in the mo- movie. Yeah. Like even though the kissing's more ambiguous, it's oh yeah, because from him sort of just going like, although he has hypnotic powers, I think there's something where Mina is just drawn to him naturally and just. They keep having encounters, and she keeps getting like, yeah, alert, alert by him, okay, just okay, on her yeah. own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there might be some, there might be some like actual like through line to her, maybe being some some form of like um some sort of reincarnation, at least in part of um of Dracula's like old wife. Dracula, yeah, and like, the, in there, yeah, yeah, and there's a bit of like a love triangle thing. There's a scene eventually, Keanu Reeves escapes and recovers, and. Uh, Mina, the character, just winds up traveling to Romania to marry him. Yeah, and yeah. And in a, a scene that Winona Ryder has said that was a real Romanian priest, and there's a good chance she and Keanu Reeves actually got married for this movie. <laughs> like a series of unfortunate events moment, yeah. Yeah, and interestingly, Winona Ryder did not really get along with Gary Oldman on this. I guess he Ooh, was oh no. a bit too much of a method actor to really be a chill hang. Oh, yeah. She and Keanu Reeves are friends for, to this day. Oh, that's and, nice. And yeah, she, but she also, I guess, has said that, yeah, she didn't really feel that safe around him on set a, set a oh, lot. Which, me, yeah. yeah, but does not translate to their on-screen chemistry, which is, like, very no, good. Um, yeah, no, she did a very good job um, acting. But, you know, I I thought that the best kiss was the one at, like, the very end, right, right after... Um, he, Where uh, he's like he, dying, and she's yeah, kisses him and cuts off his head. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was the one, but I I guess this is um this is MTV. I guess they're not going for the big uh sort of grandiose kiss they go for. It also is a thing of how much does MTV want to spoil the movie Ooh, by showing the ending sense. of it? It's like uh yeah, that also that would also be a factor. But yeah, no, um, yeah, the kiss and that that's a yeah, it's a very very good scene as well. Yeah, because it gets to a point where essentially 
at this point, she knows the deal with Dracula. Um, she's with this posse that includes Keanu Reeves and Anthony Hopkins as, Abra- as Abraham Van Helsing, who also narrates a lot of this. Yeah, and, oh, he, I loved his character. He was great. Yeah, giving a very good performance. And it gets to a point where like, she's in her bedroom and Dracula comes in and then she's like, oh, I've been dreaming of you. And it just and it becomes a thing where he's going getting ready to turn her into a vampire, and it's going in. Oh yeah, I, she's having flashbacks. I think to like El- Elizabeth's life, and it's and it's this like moment where like it's this really tender embrace, and there's kind of like a kiss, and then he goes to like bite her, but then suddenly he decide he realizes he's like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to transform you. This isn't right. Yeah. But she has this really good line where it's something like just because at a point she's like, "No, do it. Take me away from all this death." And then, oh yeah, she just, oh, yeah. And then she kind of just starts like he doesn't go through the process for a vampire is this elaborate thing where like you have to like you have to bite them and then you have to drink the vampire's blood. That I think that's how it works. Yeah, and she doesn't do it, but she does like kind of go down his chest a lot, and it's very <laughs> like intimate and like yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And then and then they get interrupted in the end. She's like the only. Reeves recognizes she's the only one who can like free this curse, and she's able to kill Dracula and reunite him with his wife. It seems. Yeah, oh, I was very. Uh, this is one of my my. At least in my top four Dracula movies, I would have to say, um, behind every Hotel Transylvania movie. <laughs> um, well, that's not going to last very long because four is coming out, so it might be my fifth favorite Dracula movie pretty soon. I don't know. Adam Sandler is not voicing Dracula in that. Yeah, but I, I watched the trailer. The guy they got is not bad, and and I apparently was misled on this. Uh, Gendy Turiovsky. Still, um, I think still wrote and produced it, so I'm excited. Yeah, but but he's not directing. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see yeah. about Hotel Transylvania for Transformania. I'm <laughs> sure eventually we'll just talk about it because I think at that point we'll be near like an Adam Sandler episode anyway, so we can just talk oh, yeah. about that more. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. That's yeah. That's kind of all I had to say about Bram Stoker's Dracula. Definitely like a very good movie. Um. Yeah, I'm really glad this this sort of these these lists are getting me to watch movies that I I would have n- otherwise not watched. Yeah, I am too. Like even when I see a film like Untamed Heart, where by the end I'm kind of like, really, really. I'm so like, well, I'm, I guess I'm glad I saw that. Like, it's... yeah, exactly. It's 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 worth the. I feel like everyone on this list, maybe minus a league of their own, that one was kind of like, eh. Um, but everything, I think everything on this list was like definitely worth the watch. I'm glad I watched this. Um, and even yeah. the League of Their Own has its moments that are pretty funny. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I oh I like the League of Their Own a lot. It's just the kiss yeah. in it is oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but next up, we got Lethal Weapon 3 with everyone's favorite, least problematic actor, Mel Gibson. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. Yeah. And oh, Rene Russo. Yeah. It's so weird seeing Mel Gibson as this sort of... Uh, hot shot you know no disregard for other people character it's so unlike who he is in real life um uh so yeah no lisa weapon three i had never seen any of the other ones 
Um, and I didn't I didn't need to because I feel like this movie did a very good job. Its opening scene is hysterical. I absolutely loved it. It's so funny. <laughs> it essentially starts with a um, a building that might have a bomb in it, um, and Mel Gibson is sort of um, uh, convincing uh, his his sort of um, partner, um, his partner uh, played by um, of Danny, Danny Lover. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's for a partner play. It's like, they're like, no, nah, there's probably not a bomb in there. And they get in there, and there's clearly a bomb in there. And this is a scene where they're talking about like which wires to cut. And he's like, he's like, it's the red one. It has to be the red one. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Danny Glover's character is like, are you sure? He's like, yes, I'm absolutely sure it's the red one. And they're like, okay. He's like, okay. And then he goes to cut one, and Danny Glover's like, wait, that's the blue one. And he's like, that's what I said, right? Oh, it's just, it's this hilarious scene that sort of culminates with. The them blowing game. up a building, yeah. <laughs> the bomb squad kind of giving them, razzing them for it. Um, no, I absolutely, I absolutely love this movie. It was a, uh, it was a riot. Um, yeah, I think I've my also never seen that, a lethal weapon. Yeah, I think probably my only complaint was that kind of near the end, it's sir. I would say it kind of like loses a bit of steam. I would say there's not like much. It sort of is just. Um, I feel like it near the beginning, there's like enough like kind of different stuff happening that's pretty engaged. But kind of near the end, it sort of just yeah, it just kind of peters out. That would just be my one thought about it um, as like a whole. But um, yeah, the kiss, the kiss seems the kiss is like pretty standard. I would say just sort of the um, the equally hot headed sort of um, sort of uh, like sort of uh, partner to Mel Gibson's character played by uh, Rena Russo. Um, they sort of just sort of have their sort of uh, what's I want? Is there like a trope word for it, where it's like, it's not, it's not enemies to lovers, but they're sort of like, they're both sort of like the they're both sort of these like hot hot shot sort of like, uh, big headed sort of like uh, yeah, they're at odds for a they're at odds for a lot of it. She's from an internal affairs. She's kind of mad at Riggs and Murtaugh because. They blew up a building, and they constantly cause all these problems. And exactly. they were demoted, but they're re-promoted because they witnessed the theft of an armored car. And it becomes a thing where, like, a former LAPD cop is running an arm smuggling ring, and he has these armor-piercing bullets called cop killers. Oh, and yeah, they yeah. Yeah, and they have to work the case with her. And, yeah, it's the thing where, like, she and, like, yeah, she and yeah, Mel Gibson. It's they're so the similar; butting, they're at yeah. odds. Yeah, they keep butting heads. Yeah, yeah, until yeah. they start butting lip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then it goes to a scene that Renee Russo has actually called. Maybe she says her favorite scene in like that she kind of did in her career, and she's like, and not just because Mel Gibson's a crazy good kisser. Like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, but it's the scene where they're essentially comparing scars. And it starts oh, as just yeah. like uh it starts as just like a, them being like, you know, just butting heads and just trying to show each other up. And then it becomes very flirtatious and Yeah, exactly. The scars yeah. start to get to more to more um promiscuous areas. Yeah. And I'll say I'm kind of a sucker for that kind of just progression yeah. where they're like they're butting heads and then oh now they're smooching. Like Yeah, exactly. I really like that. Yeah, no. Um Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I really I really I really don't have much to say about this. 
honest. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. we all know the real winner of or real love story in a lethal weapon films is between Riggs and Murtaugh, and oh, this absolutely. is the one where they're like, Danny Glover is absolutely one hundred percent retiring this time, <laughs> and it ends with him <laughs> retiring and then re changing his mind like immediately. Where it's like, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I was, in it. I was about to because I, I was like, oh man, lethal weapon three, and it's like, oh, he's like. I was like, oh, I'm eight days from retirement. And I was like, oh, this is the third one. Like, is this, this, is this an African movie? Yeah. Uh, and they really put him through, like, the, the ringer. Like, you well, know, he's yeah. scared of the popular bullets. He yeah. kills a friend of his son in, yeah. like, a point oh that becomes God. a lot of, like, the crux of the movie where he's briefly going to quit because he's like, I can't do this anymore. It like, was, just, oh, yeah, it was such a sad scene. Just, uh, man. Yeah. And again, it's the scene where, like, Murtaugh, like Mel Gibson, who, oh, I guess Mel Gibson's rigs, not, yeah. But Murtaugh's yeah. in like his boat and he's drunk, and Mel Gibson comes to snap him out of it. And then they both fall off the boat and again run into trouble with like law enforcement because like boat patrol comes by and he's like, what's going on over here? They're like, no, we're cops, we're cops at school. Just, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, because Danny Glover keeps thinking that Mel Gibson is sleeping with his daughter. Like, oh yeah, because he, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, because he. Oh my gosh! Oh, that entire boat scene was hysterical. Was yeah. there, um, Danny Glover or not? Yeah, Danny Glover has been sort of um, he's been drinking. He's just sort of been like away from like the the action for a little bit, just so distraught. And Mel Gibson like goes to like cheer him up, and then. Mel Gibson sort of offhandly mentions that he's been like seeing someone, and um, and he closes. Just assumes it was his daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's like, "You're not gonna like this." He's like, "You son of a bitch!" and just goes for him. <laughs> oh no, that was hysterical. I absolutely loved that scene. So yeah, Lethal Weapon three, like fun movie, pretty good kiss. Um, and then the last yeah. film we have another sort of like film where it's more about. The relationship between the two two guys, though. So yeah, the I would argue sort of secondary in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. it's white man can't jump with Woody Harrelson and Rosie Perez. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. This begins what I would argue, kind of at this point, these awards are happening during maybe a golden age of Woody Harrelson as a movie star. He wins mm -hmm. Best Kiss this year. No, well, no, he doesn't win this year. He wins next year. But he's nominated this year, wins the year after that, and then gets a third consecutive nomination. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. He becomes... There's a few actors who get three nominations. Uh, Winona Ryder, who we talked about, is one of them. Keanu mm -hmm. Reeves is another, where he gets, like, three nominations yeah. and Woody Harrelson is the first one to get him in three consecutive years yeah exactly during yeah. his uh his prime before the before the 5g towers scrambled his brain <laughs> yeah of, and eventually yeah. Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson will break his record and consecutive nominations and <laughs> and and Emma Watson and Jennifer Lawrence also do three consecutive years but mm -hmm. for for a while it was just Woody Woody, yeah. Woody Harrelson, good yeah. actor. He is. He's a good actor. Um, have you seen that? Have you seen that? I think it's Woody Harrelson. That that clip of when he was at the tennis game. Uh no, I have not. I'll have to show you after it. Essentially, essentially, he's just at a tennis game and he's just he's just acting in in full geriatric. 
he's just like and the announcers are just sort of going like oh there's woody and he's like he like leaves his seat and then like the guy won't let him back and like the tennis announcers are like commentating on it <laughs> it's, that's it's really hilarious. good it's a hilarious i'll have to find it for you and uh and show it to you later it's super funny yeah that sounds good yeah, so White Men Can't Jump um, is a film where Woody Harrelson is, he's he's good at basketball, contrary to what the title suggests, exactly. but, it, but he's kind of like a, a scam artist where he dresses up as like a white fool, and then he goes around to like basketball courts and gets into bets with the largely African-American players there where he's like, oh, I, where he's like, I bet I can make that. And they're like, well, but he's a white idiot. Clearly he can't like do this. And then he just kind of wins money. Eventually it's just kind of a thing where like he, he scams the wrong guy, Wesley Snipes, who shows up saying, no, I want my money back. And then they wind up doing a thing where they start entering tournaments together. And initially it's because yeah. Wesley Snipes is scamming him and he's just going to steal all his money. Yeah, they do. Have yeah, they do a couple of um, they do a couple of scams with him and him and uh, Wesley Snipes, and sort of how the scam works is that they'll just be like playing basketball, and then Wesley Snipes will start trash talking, um, and then Wesley Snipes will say, "Oh, you know what? I'll bet, and you can even pick my partner." And at that at that moment, Woody Harrelson will sort of come come in or like be sitting there the whole time, and and naturally, uh, they'll sort of be like, "Ah, oh, your partner has to be that guy who clearly cannot jump." And that's sort of that. I think I, I really I wonder if this movie could have been a little shorter because I feel like that scene happens like so many times. And I wonder I'm trying to remember in my uh, I'm trying to remember if like I feel like there were some that just like weren't as significant as others. Yeah, a lot of it is just them um, hanging out. The actual title comes from a thing of while he's good at basketball, he he isn't good at slam dunking and yeah. he loses like he essentially loses a lot of the money he won on like this scene where he's like I can dunk and he's not able to like yeah, can't do, do it. it and that causes dunk. tension with yeah Rosie Perez's character Gloria who kind of and I'll say, say this like you know Woody Harrelson very good actor Wesley Snipes very good actor Rosie kind of just does circles around them in this with her part. Oh, like, yeah, she's... I know. She's so good in this movie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and also, um, you have you seen Uncut Gems? Uh, yes, I've seen Uncut Gems. <laughs> Woody Ellison's character is much like Adam Sandler's character uh, in this movie, because he just he can't he can't get enough of, of betting. He just, whenever he has money, he's yeah. got to bet it on something. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. Like it's and it does become a thing. And I think like the female character, like Gloria, like the relationship there, I think is very interesting in this because it initially yeah. starts with a thing with like he keeps squandering the money. She keeps getting mad at him. Her dream is she wants to go on Jeopardy. Yeah, she, she's yeah. Throughout the movie, she's sort of um she's like reading encyclopedias and like getting all this all this like uh like pub trivia esque knowledge about certain topics. Yeah, and like she re and like she kind of like resents because they're also like they owe a lot of money to loan sharks who they're sort of hiding out from. Oh yeah, and oh. <laughs> can I can I share with you one of my favorite scenes? 
Yes, go for it. So, like early on in the movie, the sort of the loan shark guys who like are kind of hilarious. I really do like them. Uh, they show him like a they pull out like a very like pretty looking like family photo book that's just full of like photos of like this is what we do to guys who don't pay us. And it's just like it's a bunch of like presumably dead people just laying on a mattress. There's <laughs> a scene later after Woody Elson like pays them the money, where it just cuts to Woody Elson like with like blood on his face laying on a mattress, and then he gets up because they just took like a picture of him like that, and they get up because like apparently all those are fake. Yeah, let's just say like getting those pictures to like to, like intimidate people. It's like this is what's gonna happen if you don't pay. It's just it's just such a. It was such a funny, it was such a funny scene, just seeing, like, the cut to, like, Woody Harrelson, because I was like, it's close to the end of the movie, like, Woody Harrelson, like, could have died, I would have been totally, that would have not, like, been that unbelievable to happen, and then for it just to be a gag, is just hilarious. Like, also the thing where, like, you know, Gloria's clearly getting fed up, and, you know, yeah. threatening to leave him, and there's a point where she does, in fact, like, leave him after he loses his money, money in, like, the sort of slam dunk bet bet and because i think that's the money she was like gonna use to afford there's some sort of jeopardy fee or there's something that like yeah like plane tickets to go to go on to on a jeopardy um was that actually alec trebek uh yes it was al it was alec trebek in a role i was not expecting and was like yeah yeah no i i i couldn't tell if it was like if it was actually him or just a really good lookalike because it was it's just he was so young then um but yeah yeah, no, um, there is, if you, if you put on your white men can't jump VHS and you were not expecting a Jeopardy question, question answering montage, then you are, you are so foolish to not expect that is a very clearly going to show up in this movie. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting the, uh, the sort of trivia show montage of like getting a million questions, right? Yeah, because eventually it does get to a point where, but but by this point, like eventually Wesley Knipes and Woody Harrelson do Woody Woody Harrelson do become friends, and yeah. it turns out Wesley Snipes knows someone who's a security guard on Jeopardy, and he can get her on the show if, which he'll do if he can like sink a shot from beyond like the half court line, which he's able to do. So they're able to get so they're able to get her on the show and she wins fourteen thousand like dollars on Jeopardy. And then he wins her back by like playing the song and this might be where the kiss is. Like it's another film where there's a lot of kisses between them and they're all very good. And it's Yeah, yeah. I would say um oh, it's really tough. Yeah, it's really I do you do you know which which um kiss was on that YouTube playlist that might be the one that it was probably probably in relation to? Oh, I mean the playlist I yeah I make just from clips I can okay, find, yeah. and the only like it, it's either like af, right after he writes her the song and they kiss, or it's yeah. much earlier where they're in the car and you can barely see it, but she like there's a scene where they're driving and she climbs on him and just starts kissing him while they're driving, yeah. and it just cuts I, to like the bedroom. Yeah. I would probably go with the uh, guitar kiss. I think it's a lot more heartfelt. I think. I really enjoyed that one, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but again, it's like a good, good thing. And at this point, you're like, okay, so like she's back with them, and yeah. uh, but it goes to a thing where 
So suddenly Wesley Snipes, like his apartment gets burg burglarized and all this money they've gotten was stolen. And it's money he needs because like he and his wife are you know hoping to start like a family because they want yeah, to move and move. they want to move to a better neighborhood. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And, so um uh yeah, Rosie Rosie Perez's uh won like Jeopardy, like won like the won a lot of money and she sort of gives yeah. um Woody Harrison's character two thousand dollars to like Go buy like a suit so you can go to shop and everything and get a job. Yeah, and, and he um, promised her he's like, I'm not gonna get into this when but then he kind of goes back for one more job. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what, what um yeah, Wesley Snipes character sort of approaches him and says, like, hey, like one one more big score, because I need to like pay off, like I need to get some money for because uh, like my house got or I don't think he ever even mentions that like his house got burglarized. Um he just sort of it's just like hey i got i got one i got one big score and uh yeah and then he ends up um he ends up like talking to to rosie about it um and then she kind of is like she kind of just says goodbye like she's not sort of done with it yeah she's like if you do this we are done like we are done done like regardless of whether you win or not but he he feels that because like Wesley Snipes, Sydney had helped get her on Jeopardy. He owes him. Yeah, so he... and like, yeah, and I feel like his character probably like his character probably had to like get into like his head. He's probably he's like, well, the problem isn't that I'm gambling. Like the problem is that I'm gonna lose. Like that's what the problem is, which like isn't like the issue at all. Yeah, and in the end, he is able to dunk and he wins. But then he gets back, and true to her word, and what I think make, turns this movie from, like, good to, like, very good or even great, yeah, she does, yeah. in fact, leave him. Like, yeah, she's I like, really no, like Woody Harrelson, you white fool. Like, I'm done with this. Like, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then the yeah. mobsters track him down, and he pays off the debts, and <laughs> Wesley Snipes, like, kind of in the end, like, he's asking him to set him up with, like, a real job, and yeah, yeah. then... And Wesley Snipes like, you know, maybe it's good you two didn't end up together. And it ends with them just walking off into, like, the sunset together. Well, no, they go to play, like, a one-on-one -on -one game, but now they're friends. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, yeah, I, I really like that ending. I think it could have it could have very easily been, like, a very, like, kind of cheesy and hokey and, like, somewhat, like, problematic ending of, like, her still coming back despite Woody Harrelson, like, doing all this bad stuff. But yeah, I really enjoyed that ending. Yeah. So I think that's all, all of them. So at this point, you wanted to you want to first give our movie rankings or just the movies on their own, like yeah, yeah. I think our movie ranking and then our, our kiss ring. Um, yeah, I think for the movie, this is like really tough because they're all they're all very very good. Um, oh, that's really tough. Um, I would say for the, probably the top one. Ooh, ah, it's really tough. I'm gonna the bullet and say I'd probably put it would probably be Dracula and then Batman and then Lethal Weapon 3 um, then White Man Can't Jump Untamed Heart and then um, A League of Their Own I would say oh interesting that, yeah that is my yeah that is my movie sort of movie ranking it's, it's really tough these were all like very good I, that Dracula and Batman one could honestly flip and I don't think I would have a big issue yeah, on my personal rankings, I do have them flipped, where it's like Batman and Dracula, and yeah, yeah. 
and then and then I have like a league of their own. Actually, like was really into like just the yeah, sister relationship. I, and like I feel like I need to give that one another watch. Maybe I maybe I was just a little burnt out on on movies after our after our last session, just watching so many. I maybe need to give it another watch and just be kind of maybe just like give it a more earnest thing. Because yeah, because you always have very good uh, opinions about these things. I always want to check up on that. Thank you. Yeah. So a league of their own. Then White Men Can't Jump, then Lethal Weapon 3, and then Untamed Heart, just kind of at the bottom. Yeah, Untamed Heart. I yeah, I'll always I'll always give a movie props for making me um for like even if it's like a bad feeling, like still making me like feel like something. I'll always give a movie like huge props for that. Yeah. It's just one where like there's it's just like too much weirdness of it for me to like really like like it that much, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely like I remember I remember because I was looking at I was trying to like do the the math to sort of schedule out stuff. It is like the shortest movie, but it, weirdly, I feel like it's a movie that maybe needed the two hour runtime. Like an extra twenty minutes might have really helped this movie. Um, you know, like maybe having like more, I guess more after the uh, the funeral scene, just because it feels it feels like it ends so abruptly, honestly. Oh yeah, they have like his funeral, and then she finds something of his. Like he he wrote her a letter explaining like his yeah. feelings for her. Yeah, and, and... gave her the record. It's really strange. Um, yeah, not to get back on Untamed Heart, but yeah. Oh, sorry. If you want to give your your full rank, my bad. I kind of got sidetracked there. Oh no, that was my. I mean, that was my film ranking. Oh, yeah, so oh, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. go on with your Untamed yeah. Heart. Yeah, the weird thing about Untamed Heart is that like there were like two moments, like two things that like. So, like, the music and, like, the hockey game were, like, I felt like the movie wanted me to think these were, like, really important, but they just didn't feel super important. It was super strange. Because um, it's, like, I guess it's, like, it's, like, like, the hockey scene is, like, a really good, like, oh, this is, like, a first date. And it's, like, kind of awkward. And, like, they both, like, don't really know what to say. And, like, he's never been to a hockey game. Um, but it's, like, a really weird... It's a really weird capstone to the movie, honestly. Yeah, it'd be like a cute scene early on, but for it to, for it to immediately be before, um, like the arguably like the huge climax of the movie, or like the the most heartbreaking scene. Um, so yeah, I feel like I feel like that's weirdly one that was it's the shortest movie out of all of them on this uh, on this list, but it feels like it's the one that probably needed the most time. I would say. Yeah, I would agree with that. But yeah. now, let's get into the KISS rankings. Exactly what everybody here came for. Yeah, let's... Alright, so... Yeah, you want to go, go first? With, or... oh, I can go first. Um, I would say that out of all of these, I would say that probably the best KISS out of all of these... Um, ah, this might be a curveball. <laughs> Funny enough, I think it might be a league of their own. Uh, just because, like, I didn't know. Um, and that's hilarious. <laughs> that's the kiss that got nominated when there's, like, another other kisses in the movie. I um, don't think I can give a League of Their Own to, like, top one. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Okay, I guess out of um, out of principle, I will, uh, it is disqualified for my ranking. Um, but <laughs> it is... It is a strange occurrence, to be sure. Um, I would say probably, yeah, I'd probably say the best kiss would probably be um, the one in Dracula. Like, honestly, either the one that I thought it was, which was the one at the end, but also the one that it um, most likely was, which was the one in, in the in the bed. 
um, would probably be, I think it was, yeah, this is, it's a great kiss all around. Um, after that, I would probably give it to uh, the Batman Returns one, just because um, I find what they say really funny. Um, I think the little kind of back and forth they had, and then it sort of mirrored later, was it's just really, it's really neat. Um, and then after that, it's really kind of, I would probably, mm, after that, I'd probably get to uh, Untamed Heart, just because it's a very, like, touching one. Um, and then after that, it would probably be, ooh, it would probably be Lethal Weapon and then White Man Can't Jump. Just because I feel like those two movies, like, there's so much more, those movies are much more about, like, the two, um, like, the two partner leads than it is about, like, the love story. So, like, the kisses aren't super impactful, as much as the Lethal Weapon one was done well. Yeah. Interesting strategy, starting with just, here's the winner, and then here's the rest of them. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, I'll go the opposite building suspense route, where, yeah, at the bottom <laughs> I had a league of their own. Again, funny scene, I just can't give it the case of a, like, principle. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a good call. It is, I... <laughs> it is just, like, I would just... I'd never, I never thought to like click on like the actor. I just kind of like, oh, I was just kind of looked at. It. I was like, oh yeah, that must be. They must. That must not have been the kiss they met. So you gotta check these things. Um, yeah, you know, it'll definitely be a thing I'd do going forward. But yeah, league of their own, disqualified. Yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. Then I had untamed heart. You know, like at this point, like again, good kisses, but just like again, just kind of the weirdness around the context wise for yeah, me. Yeah. Like, couldn't mm-hmm. go too high with it. Um, then I had, and this was surprising because I had it higher, but Batman Returns, just because, like, on the couch where they're blocking with their arms, I'm like, oh, I wish they weren't blocking with their arms as much, and, again, uh, of Batman Returns, like, yeah, probably my favorite movie on this list, well, it is, but just from, on Kiss-wise, I think we can do better than Lethal Weapons 3, I really like, even though it's not the point of the movie, I really like the, the scars, and then, my winner... Also Dracula. But White Man Can't Jump oh, yeah. plays high just because I really like that relationship. And I like that, you know, there's some good kisses, but they don't end up together. That's... Yeah, yeah. No, I feel yeah, that's a pretty I think the Dracula kiss, like I'm always a big I'm always a big fan of very like very grandiose, chaotic movies like Milan Rouge and the Dracula. Alright, so that about brings us to the end of nineteen ninety three. Yeah, you got any thoughts on them? Um, no, I really, I think this was a really good year. Um, I think next year, um, not to spoil anything, but, uh, it'll have our first, um, interspecies kiss, which will be an interesting topic to tackle. Um. Oh, yes. Um. <laughs> so hopefully that's enough intrigue to tune into the next one. I mean, I'm going to announce who got nominated at the end of this, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, yeah, no, 1992 was a very, very interesting year. Like you said near the beginning, it was very interesting, like, what wasn't included. Um, but I think the ones they went for were very, very solid picks, at least in the KISS department. Oh, yeah, it should be mentioned that Untamed Heart was from 1993, the year of these award ceremonies, and the rest of them, I believe, are all 1992 films. The year yeah. I was born, good year for movies. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, some other things. Mel Gibson and Danny Glover did win Best On-Screen Duo for Lethal Weapon 3, beating out oh, nice. Harrelson and Snipes. Just barely. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, I actually can't speak to how close they were, but... 
Yeah, I think yeah, it's it's very tough because like they also have like three movies of chemistry, which like it's gonna be hard to compete with. Yeah, and Lethal Weapon three also got a best song nomination for the Sting and uh-huh. Eric Clapton song at the end, uh-huh. but it lost to "I Will Always Love You" from the Bodyguard. Uh-huh. I guess that about ra- wraps it up. Um, I guess yeah, yeah, I, I, no, I think if you wanna. You want to list off the ones from next week? What what people can um, yeah. be looking well, forward to if they yeah. want to watch along? Yeah, and yeah, I'm trying to remember if we. Yeah, I just finished that name our first episode. I can't remember if I did this before or after we did like the wrap up thank yous. I guess we'll do it oh, now. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So next. Yeah. So for 1994, the nominations were yeah. True Romance, Patricia Arquette and Christian Slater, Wayne's World 2, Kim Bassinger and Dana Carvey, Free Willy, Jason James Richter and Willy, Reality Bites, Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke, and the winner was Indecent Proposal with Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Woody Harrelson finally getting his, his chance in the spotlight. Yeah, so... Uh, f- thanks for listening. Our theme song is by Matt Samard. He doesn't have a SoundCloud or anything, as far as I know. But maybe I should tell him to start one, so I can plug that. Yeah. Um, if not, I, if not, I recommend um, just becoming friends with him uh, several years ago. We did, and then you'll always have access to his music. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Gold Popcorn Pod if you want to send us your thoughts or maybe disputes for who should have won this year. Oh, yeah, you can also that. email us at passthegoldenpopcorn at gmail.com for similar things. You can find me on Twitter at Like a Wolverine. You can find me on Letterboxd also at Like a Wolverine. And you can, there you can like find a list that has all the movies that we're covering that will eventually be sorted by based on how we've kind of landed on them um yeah mm-hmm. and where can they find you on social uh they can find me at my instagram which is um not underscore two underscore pens uh that is the number two not spelt two or on twitter um at foot albi um f-u-t underscore a-l-b-e-e wait yes, yeah that is correct <laughs> I thought I'd make sure I had the B and the L confused. And I think those are my two main things. I don't think I really post anywhere else. Um, I was going through my old Tumblr. I used to edit and make so many meme videos. I completely forgot about. That I, is was, not surprising. <laughs> yeah, like, oh my, it was such an amazing blast from the past. I remember I made, um, do you know, like, you know, like, um, like the Lonely Island, um, there's like the songs, they have like four of them where it's, it's not Andy Samberg, but it's the other two, and they sort of make just like their monotoned voiced raps with those like two characters. There's like we like sports and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll have to send it to you, but I essentially I made a video that just like mashes them up all together. <laughs> it's like <laughs> essentially I just will make it so like they'll say like a line from one of the songs and it'll just go into like another line from the songs, to, like make like its own lyric. Wow. Uh, it's astounding. Um and so. eventually the Lonely Island would write an original song for the MTV Movie Awards, Cool Guys Don't Look at Explosions, so this tied oh, in. <laughs> exactly. I know. Um, yeah. You know? Oh, you know what else? I watched, um, I watched again last night. 
What? I, I watched um Michael's the Mitchells versus the Machines. That was awesome. I really liked that movie. Oh yeah, there's a plug for you. Watch Mitchell's versus the Machines if you haven't yet. Great. Film. Yeah, oh, it's super great. I, I I'm not a. I don't usually watch like movies like twice like within such a short span. But I had a great time watching that movie. Looks beautiful. Yeah. Is great. Um, Reminding me, I should rewatch watch that again. Yeah, it was like, oh my gosh. I one thing that I forgot was um how like actually genuinely hilarious it is. I absolutely totally dig the humor in that movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So that's all we offer you for now. Uh, yeah. Until yeah, next huh? time, just keep passing that golden popcorn and, you know, Merry Christmas. Goodwill to men and women. Yeah, I never get butter on my popcorn. That'll be my ending quip. What? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>